Now by the word, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You know, churches are sometimes characterized or maybe caricatured based on the part of the church year that they emphasize or perhaps even overemphasize. There are Christmas churches and Easter churches and Pentecost churches. All of these are good and faithful churches, and we need all of them to draw us back to the fullness of the church as we celebrate the entirety of the church year. Unfortunately, many of us desire a Palm Sunday kind of church, a church that proclaims a worldly, the worldly glory of Jesus without the suffering of the cross. We resist a faith that calls us to the difficult and painful yielding of self to the will of God. We resist healing. We resist transformation. We tame the cross. We glory in the beauty of the cross and ignore the suffering and death inherent to this instrument of torture and terror. Let's look a little closer at our readings of the triumphal entry and the passion. We see in the course of a week, the same people who cheer Jesus with palm branches and hosannas shout in disappointment and rage, crucify him. There are many unhealthy and unhelpful ways that we might describe them. This fickle crowd that shifts so easily from praise to condemnation. But the difficult truth is this. They are us. If we're honest, we're not too different from the crowds in Jerusalem. We too often cheer a Messiah of our own making. We want a king for people like us, a king who brings justice, that kind of shallow justice that rewards us and punishes them. We don't really want change or transformation. We really want the status quo but with a higher status for ourselves. And when the true Messiah disappoints us, we betray, deny, and desert him. We call upon the brutal, broken, but familiar powers of the status quo to crucify him. We hear the mocking voice pointing to the beaten and bruised man of sorrow saying, behold your king, and we respond, we have no king but Caesar. See, we want to skip from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday and avoid the brutality of Good Friday and the deep sorrow of Holy Saturday. We want to move from the glorious cheers for King Jesus, the son of David, returning to rule in Jerusalem to the glory of the resurrection. We want to skip the betrayal, humiliation, and suffering and death Holy Week. If we're truly honest, we want to see the cross as an object of art, beautifully and prominently displayed, without considering it as an object of cruelty, torture, and humiliation. Given the choice, we would prefer to be a Palm Sunday people. Fortunately for us, our prayer book and liturgy will not allow it. We were reminded in the middle of our glorious procession that Jesus went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain. 
and entered not into glory before he was crucified. We're reminded that his crown was a crown of thorns and his throne a cross. We're reminded that the way of life and peace is the way of the cross. As we listen to our gospel and we hear both the triumphal entry and the passion of our Lord, we hear the culmination of Mark's thematic revelation of Jesus as the son of David, the son of man, and finally, as the son of God. If we're tempted to separate the world into us and them in and out, Mark jars us back to kingdom reality. It is the centurion, the Roman oppressor, the one who presided over the crucifixion, who recognizes the truth and testifies that Jesus truly is the Son of God. Then, as we come to the table today and each week, we echo the cries, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we remember with the sign of the cross that the way of Christ is indeed the way of the cross. And as we walk together this Holy Week, celebrating the institution of the Lord's Supper and the command to love and serve one another on Monday, Thursday, and walking together the Stations of the Cross on Good Friday, we are reminded of the call, that the call to follow Christ is the call to take up our cross and follow Him. We're reminded of the invitation to sanctify our suffering. We learn to pray with Christ in Gethsemane. Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup of suffering from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. In Holy Week, we learn to see the suffering of Christ as God with us. Emmanuel in the midst of our pain. It is here in Holy Week that we learn to walk out our baptism, our baptism into the crucifixion of Jesus so that we may be raised with him in the glory of his resurrection. Friends, we live in a Good Friday kind of world, a world that exalts the vanity of Caesar and abhors the humility of Christ, a world that proclaims the glorification of self <coughs> and rejects Christ's call to sacrificial love, a world that encourages us to cultivate a fragile bubble to keep out all the pain and suffering of the world. We want to prevent the world around us and the world within us from disturbing our carefully crafted illusion that it's okay. And as we stand here in our Good Friday world, it's tempting to look back and try to retrieve the glory of Palm Sunday, to succumb to the siren call of a golden age of the church or a golden age of our nation, a vision of good times that never really were. It's tempting to hail a Messiah of our own making, our own will, and our own desire. It is tempting, but the true Christ calls us not to look backward, but to look forward, 
to fix our eyes on the glory of the Father, even in the messiness and chaos of our life. We are called to walk with Christ through our trials and our suffering, confident in the love of God and hopeful of the glory of the resurrection. We are called to be an Easter people in a Good Friday world, walking ever in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.